Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Back to Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. If you've been listening to this program now, since we came to the air about a year ago, you probably have picked up on a number of themes. Uh, one of the themes that I return to so often is a responsibility that you and I bear as voters, as citizens, as consumers of the news and media and information. And that responsibility specifically is to seek out truth wherever we can find it. Now, that, that may sound like a, a trite and flowery phrase, but what it means is that as you and I seek to exercise our right to vote, our constitutionally granted right to vote, constitutionally protected right to vote, that that right and our ability to vote is uh, so special and unique that it comes with it uh, an, an intense and immense and a heavy uh, responsibility. That responsibility is to exercise that right with only the best information available. I, you know, there is this idea of like media literacy, where it is you you are exposed to you know let's say a news article. In that news article, there is reference made to uh, say a speech delivered by a politician. And in that news article, there is but one or two lines uh, shared by that politician. Now, is the wise thing to do, you know, should you, as you read that, is it, is it wise to base your whole view of that individual on those two lines that you've read? Or, or do you do this? Do you say, okay, well, reference made to a speech that was delivered in this setting on this day by this person, and uh, here are the two lines. That's enough information right there uh, to Google around a little bit and uh, maybe find a transcript of the full address, or maybe there's a video of the full address. That's just one example, and I'm sorry if I sound like I'm speaking uh, elementary here. It's just the, the type of stuff we do here in the newsroom is you dig deeper. You go to the source. Right. And only then are you able to make, in my humble opinion, a full and informed choice. A decision for whom to vote. Which issue to support. Which constitutional amendment to support. Right. You go to the source to learn. But time is tight. Our attention spans are short. There is not often enough time in the day to be Googling around trying to find the transcripts of speeches offered by politicians on some obscure topic. We don't have time. Uh, we don't have time to be reading page after page of documents. And so that reality leaves us vulnerable. And there are those out there who would use those vulnerabilities against us in an effort to either cause chaos generally or specifically forward their own agendas. The Brookings Institute uh, observed this not long ago and put together a list of four very simple steps to protect yourself and to slow the spread of disinformation because I can assure you 
that today, tomorrow, Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, even these days, these hours leading up to Election Day, this is when the disinformation is going to come at us hot and heavy. All right. There are those bad actors out there, uh, be they here in the United States or somewhere off abroad. They are going to look to take advantage of not only the vulnerabilities of your social media channels, but our vulnerabilities as individuals with limited time. Right. We got to get a sense of something from somewhere. And there are those that look to take advantage of social media uh, to use that against us and to use it against uh, our democracy. So here are the tips. Let me just run through these here real quickly. Number one from the Brookings Institute, know your algorithm. What's that mean? Know your algorithm. Brookings Institute says get to know your own social media feed and algorithm because disinformation targets us based on our online behavior and biases. Have you seen that? Uh, seen that? I think it's a Netflix documentary. Something about social media. That's a scary one. And this is what it's talking about. Platforms cater information to you based on what you stop to read, engage with, and send to friends. When you're scrolling through your news feed and you pause for a moment, that pause doesn't go undetected. It is registered, it is measured, and it is used to put stuff in front of you that you are more apt to pause on in the future. This information is then, Brookings Institute continues, this information is then accessible to advertisers and can be manipulated by those who know how to do so in order to target you based on your past behavior. The result is what we are only seeing. The result is that we only see information that an algorithm thinks we want to consume, which could be biased and distorted. Tip number two from Brookings Institute says, retrain your newsfeed. Once you've gotten to know your algorithm, you can change it to start seeing other points of view. Repeatedly seek out reputable sources of information, KSL News Radio, that typically cater to viewpoints different than your own and begin to see that information occur on your newsfeed organically. So what you want to do is uh, identify where you stand. And then intentionally expose yourself to sources of information uh, that challenge that. Why? Well, because the smart Facebook people, the smart Twitter people, the smart social, the smart social media people, they've got these algorithms sorted so that if you have a good and diverse and well-rounded social media experience, you will then later on uh, receive, hopefully... Hopefully, if you game the system just right, hopefully uh, you will encounter a more diverse and widespread uh, sources of information. Uh, Third tip here, start consuming information uh, from social media critically. This one is so important. Social media is more than a news digest. It's social and it is media. (laughs) We often scroll through. Again, these are the the tips given by the Brookings Institute. We're walking through uh, some tips on how to stop the spread of disinformation. I emphasize that it is so important, so important to right now be aware of this and to safeguard yourself against it because there are those out there that are trying to take advantage of us. Start consuming information from social media critically. We often scroll through passively, absorbing a a combination of personal updates from friends and family. And if you're among the two-thirds of Americans who report consuming news on social media, you are passively scrolling through news stories as well. A more critical eye to the information in your feed and being able to look for key indicators of whether or not news is timely and accurate, such as a source and the publication date. That's important, too. It's incredibly important. 
For example, is a story in your feed about your home state senator making a statement on Iran a story published during past negotiations? Or is it from the recent downing of a U.S. drone? Is it published by a blogger you've never heard of or a well-known publication with editorial review? Attention to those details matters. And they matter so much because the sources of information on which we rely to cast our votes quite literally will steer the trajectory of this country. Your clicks online have an impact on where our country is going. Click carefully. (laughs) That's my tip. (laughs) Quick break. When we return, I'm telling you a scary story about the Skinwalker Ranch. It's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.